The negative things, the low quality thoughts we tell ourselves, we would never say out loud to another person because it was just awful stuff about how I looked was terrible, that I was not a good enough mother. And so I started to practice changing low quality thoughts into high quality thoughts. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hey loves, welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. And today I am joined by a firecracker in the best possible way. I am so glad that I got to have her on the podcast to share with all of you. She is none other than Susan Hyatt, who brings so much color and so much life to this world. I love her vivaciousness. I love her confidence. I love her unapologetic self. She really says what she feels, she really says what she means, and she owns who she is. And that all sounds amazing, I'm sure, but that hasn't always come easily to Susan. And she really shares openly and honestly what that journey has been like for her as somebody who felt very, very stuck in her career and in her family life. Fast forward to the woman who she is now. And she's done such amazing things in this world and helped so many women. And I just am so excited for you to get a piece of that today on the podcast. So let me share a little bit more about Susan and what she does specifically. But this is a long bio because we could be here for a while because she's done so many amazing things. Susan is a master certified life and business coach. She helps thousands of women get more of what they want. And she's been featured on some pretty awesome publications that I'm sure you've heard of, like the Oprah magazine, Cosmopolitan, 17 and Women's World. She's also spoken to sold out audiences at the largest TEDx conference about why women should stop obsessing about their weight and start focusing more on earning money. She has also written a best-selling book called Bear, which if you happen to look it up, I just love the front cover of this book. It has inspired women all over the world to stop shrinking their bodies and to start expanding their lives. And you know that one of my favorite words is expansion. So I'm so here for what Susan stands for. And in this conversation, we talk about what that really means for us as women to have been shrinking ourselves, how to emerge from that and start creating new ways of being and new ways of operating that say yes to more of what we desire. And we talk about the importance of expanding our consciousness when it comes to investing and creating more wealth for ourselves as women. So I'm going to let this conversation just do the speaking for itself. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. I have 
such a powerhouse and badass and joining us on the podcast today. She's a big inspiration for me. I'm so excited, Susan Hyatt, to have you on the Girl Unfiltered podcast. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. You have such an exceptional podcast and I can't wait to talk to your audience today. Thank you so much. And I was just saying, I was like, Susan, do you remember me? We met, we met in person years ago. So much has changed since then, but we met at a dinner through Nick Pigeon and Natalie Ellis. And I just, I think we were sitting next to each other and I just instantly clicked and loved and was like inspired and was just looking up to you and everything that you have created. <laughs> I, I felt like we were definitely kindred spirits that, you know, I had just flown in from somewhere. I, I mean, I was on an overnight flight into yeah. LA and I was like, why am I going to, to meet up at this restaurant? And then I was like, oh, this is why, because I got to meet you. Yes. And I think one of the shared big missions that we have among, well, two, I, I think, and I think they're actually very interlinked. One is helping women live more expansive lives. With that comes with creating a lot more money and wealth for themselves. So we will definitely dive into that conversation. But actually something that I think we need to begin with, because I'm sure you agree with me, it's very interlinked with why we've been held back from maybe creating that on such an expansive level. And that's actually our relationships with our bodies and what we've been taught around our bodies. And you wrote a brilliant book called Bear. So I would just love if we could dive into that topic and what that journey and realization for yourself has looked like in your life. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I came to discover that all the ways that culture had taught me to shrink myself, not just physically, but metaphorically, we as women are raised from birth to take up less space, to not raise our voices, to not ruffle any feathers, um, and are given the part-time job of make sure you stay physically as small as possible. Mm -hmm. And what that did and what that does, not just in my life, but in your life and, and in other girls' and women's lives, is when we are preoccupied with shrinking ourselves, literally, um, we're not able to expand our lives. And so I was already a life coach when I discovered my issues with food and body were definitely linked to messages that I received as a young girl, but also as a rape survivor. And so that disassociation that happens with the physical body leads to in your actual lives today, in my actual life, then asking for less money, not really going for the thing I really wanted, just accepting um, things that were good enough. Mm -hmm. And once I started to really get to know what was really happening with myself and peeling back all those layers, it was really fascinating to see how my connection with my body became the thing when I restored that relationship that set me free financially. Mm, I completely resonate with that because as a young woman myself, I was so focused on how I, the size of my body, the weight on the scales. And it's interesting that you use the term part-time job because I think it was almost like my, I want to say full-time job, but at least my like three quarters of the time <laughs> job at the yeah. time. And I did not have the space in my life to create the expansiveness that I have in other areas. 
But I think it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting journey that I've been on. And I'd love to hear more about yours because it's interesting how when I even was making more money and really generating and creating success for myself and was no longer focused on needing to shrink in the same ways that I had, there were also other beliefs that I had to catch that I didn't realize I had around this idea of, but you still don't get to have it all. Mm. Um, You get to have this or you get to have that. So my thinking was, well, when I was so focused on my body and my health and working out and doing all of this, well, I wasn't making money. So I get to have this or I get to have that. And so then there I was making money and really creating a lot of success for myself, but I don't get to feel good in my body, right? It's this either or that I feel like we're playing around with constantly as women. Do you feel the same? Absolutely. And and that's really diet culture, right? So it's, yeah. it's that you can't possibly feel good in your own skin and take exceptional care of yourself and also make money and also have children and also have a thriving career. It's this weird scarcity mindset, low quality thinking that it's like you get to have some of it, maybe. And there's a lot of popular culture that supports this. And I'm here to say that it is through the care of yourself in a loving way that you actually get to create the life that you want. And so I have found in raising my kids and in reclaiming myself and healing the relationship with my body and building my business that it didn't have to be an either or. It was actually through prioritizing myself and learning how to stop doing everything for everybody else, how to stop making it a part to full-time job that I become as thin as possible that like, wow, I actually get to live in this body that feels alive. And I also get to tap into the creativity that's going to allow me to create this beautiful life. So it's, it's an, and instead of an either or. Yeah. I'm here. And I know you're here to uh, to both say yes. And it gets to be yes. And then there's many layers to that, but for somebody who had been giving herself so long to others and to diet culture, And I'm sure the women listening to this can resonate with that. What does that process look like of trying to start creating those boundaries of starting to come to the awareness that we are so much more than that? Because I think the the feeling of, but this is selfish or how could I possibly not be focused on dieting and what I'm eating and all of this and the fear associated with letting that go? Like how, what did that look like for you? Well, so for those of you who haven't read my book or don't know about my personal journey, I was um, working as a residential real estate agent, making a lot of money, but not really loving that career. And two very small children married, still married to the same silver fox, as I call him. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But I was going through fast food drive-throughs two and three times a day for all of my meals. I was not taking care of myself. And I was wearing what most girls and women wear, which is this invisible backpack with this part-time job. I It's called the invisible workload or the second shift where girls and women tend to take on the emotional burden of the family 
We tend to be the keeper of all the things. We tend to be the ones creating and keep, keep keeping life going. We know where everything is. We're the ones that are taught that we need to take care of meals and we need to ca- take care of shuttling children around. And so I was doing all of that, wondering what I was doing wrong because I thought I was doing every single thing I was supposed to do. Like that whole checklist of, go to college, you know, get married, have a couple kids, like get the job, get the money. And inside I was really withering away. And it was a visit from my mom. She was coming to visit during spring break. And she made me promise that if she came to visit, I would not work because I was over efforting in every area, like with the kids, with work, except for when it came to my own self-care. And as luck would have it, some out-of-town clients descended into town without letting me know in advance and wanted to put in an offer on a home. And it was, and to date, it still, you know, in my real estate history was the biggest sale that I ever had. And so, of course, they wanted to write this offer over the weekend when my mom was visiting And I remember being so upset because I wanted to get that commission check, but I didn't want to upset my mom. And I did. I went, signed that contract, worked when I said that I wouldn't work. And when I came back, instead of just being elated that I had, you know, signed a contract on this biggest sale of my career, I was in tears in my kitchen. And my mom was just like, what has happened to you? Like, this isn't my daughter. Like, you know, and it was sort of a smackdown as only Southern moms can get, yeah. you know, she was just like, <laughs> you better get your life right, child. And um, she said to me, I'm going to keep the kids for a couple of days and you can go do whatever you want. I feel like you need some you time. Mm. And I remember I started crying even harder because the only things I could think to go do was catch up on the laundry or go grocery shopping by myself. Like this is the state that I was in. So when you see me today, that is the product of, you know, years, 15 years of working on being different than that. So it was in that moment that I realized I had to figure out what was going on with food, with body, with work. And I started really leaning into what were my cravings? What were, if I gave myself the space to really listen to myself and I wasn't worried about money and I wasn't worried about what people would think, what would I do different? And that's really where it started. I hired a coach myself and started working on what was I doing with food to numb out the intense feelings I didn't want to admit I was having about my life. That I was really quite honestly, I love these children, but I was not at all satisfied or filled up by you know, shuttling them to activity after activity and like coming home and doing all the pre-K little worksheet homework stuff. And I just was the mom that wanted to take them to have experiences and to do things. And I had to admit to myself that the way my life was going was not at all if I could do whatever I wanted and shape it any way that I want. 
that I was disappointed. I was tired, exhausted, and I was bored with the way my life was. And so it was really admitting that truth to myself was the first step to then figuring out what was next. Yeah. And you're so right. I think we can use food and other modalities to really mask what's going on. And that was a big thing for me. It's like I was using it, even though I was in the diet culture and trying to diet here and diet here and use, lose weight. Really, there was a binging aspect very much associated with that because I was masking what I feel like I have no self-worth unless I'm this. And that was like the one thing that I could control. And I think when we're trying to control everything else, then the one thing we can control is, well, I'm going to go to the fast food place and eat three burgers a day or whatever that might be. And it's also a way to keep us small because we're masking what our full potential potentially also is. Right. And what was that like? I'm just curious because I know you've been in a really beautiful long-term marriage going through that transition, like reworking and rewiring what it means for you to be this mother role within the family. How was that within your relationship and navigating that and the conversations between the two of you? Oh my gosh. I I actually could write a book on that. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you start talking about the invisible workload to men, they typically will get defensive because culture just sort of trains us to assume certain roles. And I'm not even talking about y'all. I'm not talking about leave it to beaver time where, you know, I was never a wife that was like cooking and then presenting it to my husband and like doing everything. You know, he was, as my mother would say, oh, he does so much more than your father did. And it's like, yeah, and that's still not like at all what me or other women are doing when you really start looking at it. And so I'll be honest, in the beginning, there was a lot of arguments around like, okay, yes, you have taken out the trash and you handle taxes, but there is an ongoing (laughs) burden job of stuff that goes on around here to keep the world turning. And I'm resigning from it. So there was this period of education and I and I honestly have better language for it today than I did when my children were little. For example, recently, this is such a great example of the invisible workload. We had agreed that my husband's extended family would come over for a holiday celebration. And the morning, Christmas Eve morning, we wake up and my husband says, I want to help today. So give me my list of what you want me to do to prepare for this party. And so I say, okay, I love that you want to help, but I just want to point out that this is the two of our thing, not just my thing, and that you're not helping me. It's a joint thing. And also I'm the keeper of the list, right? You wouldn't know what to do unless I made the list for you. That's the invisible workload. Okay. And so then I say, take all the holiday glasses out of the china cabinet and go wash them because they're dusty from being in there for a year. And he legit says, we renovated our kitchen six years ago. And he says, do we have a sink stopper for this sink? And I'm like, okay, first of all, you don't even know if one exists. And second of all, like where it might be, Yeah, this is real. So- Years ago, I didn't have 
the confidence or the evidence that I have today that I really was doing more. And as helpful as you are, as feminist as you are, um, there's a lot of, of burden that needs to be taken off of women. Um, so there's like, no wonder we're binging to cope with our feelings. And there's no wonder we're not reaching our full capacity because we're, we're so bombarded that we're using food to, to mask what's really happening. And then we're so numb that we're blocking our creative and divine guidance. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I will say we have been married 29 years. Amazing. And this beautiful man has absolutely watched me go from college student to young professional, to new mom, to working mom, to working mom entrepreneur, to now empty nester. Mm -hmm. And he has rolled with every single evolution Mm -hmm. and we are still in love and the best of friends, Mm -hmm. but it was not for the faint of heart. I mean, marriage in general is, is a collaborative work in progress. Absolutely. I love that. And that is, you're, you're so right. I'm the keeper of the list. I still have to go to the trouble of making the list. Goddamn list. I know. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Just pressing pause on this gorgeous conversation for one moment to let you know that I have two spots currently available inside of my transformational elite money mastermind, where I support you in not only up-leveling the strategies and the foundations and systems within your business to create a consistent wait list of clients, but also up-leveling your mindset, specifically your money mindset. So that when we are implementing the strategies within your business, your mindset is fully in alignment with it so that you are energetically open and feel safe to receive that expansiveness within your life and within your business. It is such a holistic, beautiful, and supportive community within the Elite Money Mastermind in which you're supported not only by me, but by also the other support coaches who completely complement what it is that I do within there. And we actually have a brand new, amazing support coach coming to join us very, very soon. So if you would like to have access to all of that value and say yes to all of those gorgeous up levels, and you're ready for that next level of support and clarity within your business, then all you have to do is head to the notes in the show notes and click on the application form fill that in as openly and honestly as you can. And I will get back to you very soon if I feel like it is the right aligned fit for both of us. things because I'm sure you know at that time you're dealing with programming we all have programming so now you're having to start small and starting to reframe what things feel like or how you take actions so I'm just curious what are some of the baby steps that you started to take around that time even if maybe you didn't fully yet 
believe the way that you believe now, you're starting to at least take the action towards reprogramming it. So one of the first things that I did was allow myself to write down what it was that I was dreaming about or craving that I really wanted to create for myself. And I still have that list. I wrote it in a book um, and this book changed my life. It's called Finding Your Own North Star by Dr. Martha Beck. I think it's one of the best self-help books ever written. I read it in 2006 and um, trained to become a coach in 2007. So 2006, I read this book. I'm weeping into the pages of this book in the bubble bath to the point that the copy, my copy of that book looks like I dunked it into the ocean <laughs> and let it dry in the sun. <laughs> it's like, it's all warped. But I still have that first list I made in that book. And when I made that list, you know, become a published author, have a vacation home, parent peacefully, have a better intimate relationship with my husband, like all these things. Um, I had lose weight on it because at that point I was still scale oriented. Mm. Um, but I found that book. I can't remember how many years after that, maybe it was five to seven years. And I was like, wow, like every single one of these things has happened. And it was because I allowed myself the, the bravery of having that space to just dream. But then of course, my brain operates the way everyone else's brain does. And it started issuing excuses and negative responses to that of like how that was impossible and never going to happen. And so I had to start eavesdropping on myself yeah. to really notice the things that I was telling myself that I, you know, often the negative things, the low quality thoughts we tell ourselves, we would never say out loud to another person, even our worst enemy. And I started to realize, I think it, over the course of a week, I would just check in and like listen to what was happening in my mind. And I realized like, oh my gosh, I, I felt like I had solved my exhaustion problem because I was like, no wonder who anybody telling themselves this all day long is going to feel tired yeah. um, because it was just awful stuff about like how I looked was terrible that I was not a good enough mother, that I wasn't working hard enough. It was just like negative, negative, negative. And so I started to practice changing low quality thoughts into high quality thoughts. And I started to learn how to talk to myself like I really cared about myself. Um, and, you know, it it is a process when you're when you're going from being someone who tells yourself really negative things it's not an instant switch that's flipped where all of a sudden, oh, now everything's great. It was, you know, I had to learn how to think sometimes just neutral thoughts, like mm -hmm. instead of, you know, you're never going to make it saying so, a bridge thought, like I'm open to the possibility that I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Um, Cause it was yeah. too big of a leap to think like, oh, everything's coming up roses, which at that point in time, it still wasn't. So I would say, Allowing myself to name what it was that I really did want, learning how to talk to my eavesdrop on myself and then change the way that I was thinking. And then also like just upgrading everything in my environment. 
the conversations I was having, the people that I was tolerating, my physical space, how I adorned my physical body. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause that has so yes. much to do with abundance as well. So yes. how you're physically, you know, adorning, as you say yourself or, or letting, what does your space represent for you? Because if your space is cluttered, how is that affecting you as well? So I'm really curious why you say that. Well, so I do a lot of closet work with my clients and it is always fascinating because typically if a woman is thinking negative thoughts about her physical body, chances are she's not allowing herself to adorn that body in ways that feel loving or that really reflect her inner world. And so for me, I often joke that Like I was the poster child for Talbots. And listen, if you're listening to this and you like Talbots, that's awesome. But I was buying like their beige professional suits to like cover up. Like I didn't want anybody to see my body. I wanted to cover up. Um, And it did not at all reflect who I was. I just wanted to fly below the radar. Don't look at me too closely. And I also was like, well, this is, this is good enough. Most women, until I get my, my claws on them, (laughs) won't spend the money to adorn their physical bodies the way that they are currently. And my, my fierce opinion on this is, is that your body, it does not matter how it's appearing today, deserves to be adorned in a way that reflects who you are. It needs to fit and it needs to be fly AF. Okay. Like how, whatever that means for you. And so I think that the energy of the fabric that you put against your skin affects your attitude and your mood and your productivity and all those things. So if you are putting things on against your skin that you don't like, that you think is just like a tent to cover you up, then that's the kind of results you're going to get in your day. For sure. Right? Yeah. Fabric carries energy. It really does. And like, look, I love my sweatpants. I am not giving up my sweatpants, but like, I know what energy my sweatpants have and I know what I need to step into an abundant as fuck energy. And that's going to shift what I choose to put on. And it's, I just need to highlight for the listener because they can't see you. But if you, it's hard to even contemplate Susan in beige. (laughs) (laughs) It is like, you are such a fabulous, glamorous dresser. Listen, I mean, most people giggle when I tell that story that can see me or that have witnessed, you know, I love a lot of color. I tend to show a lot of cleavage. Like, you know, it's it's such a turnaround in my attitude and mindset about my body. And now I love to also talk about I'm turning 50 my next birthday, which I love to talk about because most people want to like mourn about it. I'm like, no, this is prime time. Like what a privilege. And also like aging, I am so against aging gracefully. I'm like, forget that shit. Like we're just aging. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. And I don't have to shoot myself up with fillers if you want to. Great. But I don't have to do a dang thing to this 50 year old self to be more acceptable to the male gaze. Guess what? This 50 year old body is amazing. And that's what the beach is going to get is this 50 year old body. And I'm not covering it up. 
And it's lucky to get it. That's right. I'm going to bless this beach. (laughs) I love, love, love that. I have to just highlight, I, I have to ask, as you stopped starting to shrink your body and you started to step into this more expansive way of being, how did that affect your business and also the way that you were making money? Because I just feel the, the two are so interlinked. They are so interlinked. So prior, I worked in residential real estate. And then prior, before that, I was a stay-at-home mom for a couple of years. That didn't go well. And then prior to that, um, I worked in uh, PR. So I was exiting real estate, starting my life coaching business. And I I will say my first year in business as a life coach, I was like $500 short of six figures. So, you know, I was, I felt like I was doing all right. However, as soon as I started like really stepping into my power and truly embracing my body and who I was and being unapologetic about it, I went from just shy of six figures to multiple six figures really quickly. What I have to say about that is that I was tapping into a different level of creativity. I was tapping into a different level of energy. And I think that people feel safe around people who create safety within themselves. And so women wanted to do business with me, wanted to hire me because I was walking my talk and sharing authentically where I had come from and the belief systems I had unwinded. And when you do that, when, and when you speak openly about your own struggles and you know, you're basically holding your hand out to other women and saying, don't look at me, come with me. Like I'm here to help you set your own self free too. And so I just remember feeling like, wow, the amount of ideas that I had, I just felt like there was such an overabundance of ideas and strategies and things I wanted to do that there, I was never at a loss for Oh, what should I say on social media? Or what program should I try to sell? Or what should I write about today? It was just like a fire hose had been turned on inside me. And it was a huge difference. Because you were living and breathing it, it was coming from within. And that's the most abundant state that you could come in. Like mm-hmm. come from is be the representation of the change that you want your potential clients to see mm-hmm. and experience. And I know that you talk about the wealth gap a lot. And as a money mindset coach, I'm so here for us shifting that and changing that. And I feel like, I do believe we are stepping into a new paradigm. I think we're on the brink of really important change that's happening right now because we're unwinding generational programming right now. So our future generations don't even understand the concept of a limited money mindset. But I'd love to hear your ideas and your thoughts on that as you've moved through so many transitions in your life as a woman who is incredibly ambitious and is also a mother and is also a wife. Yeah. So I think that one of the biggest shifts within me, because I I went through this shift of when my children were babies, I would say my top value at that time was stability which is almost funny for me to say now because my top value became freedom. Um, And so when your top value is stability, 
you make really different moves with your money um, than when you are an entrepreneur and your top value is freedom. And so I became almost an accidental entrepreneur. But then once I caught that entrepreneurial bug, it was like the sky's the limit. My income, there's no ceiling on what I could create. However, entrepreneurs, I think we're such a funny bunch and we can get like super addicted to, well, I'll just make more. I'll just make more. I'll just make more. And that's okay. But I shifted from that to more, instead of just an high earning mindset, it's more of an investor's mindset now. Mm, Yes. Talk about this. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So if any of you are listening and you find yourself either dreaming about making a lot of money, or if you're already making a lot of money and you're just like, um, oh, that's no problem. If I see something I want, I'll just go create something so I can pay for it. An investor's mindset is more like, okay, I have this money. Let me invest it in something that's going to leverage the outcome later. And so This was something that my husband and I also, because he has been a commercial real estate investor the entire time we've been together, he would say to me like, okay, but if you take the money you just generated from that program and we put it in this investment in X number of years, it could be worth this. And it took me a while to really grow up and mature into like not just wanting to spend it on what I wanted to spend it on or have nice things, which I I love to do and I think is important. I'm a Taurus, okay? We like (laughs) our earthly pleasures. Um, But it became more of a like, how can I maximize this in the future? Yeah. And also that's, in my opinion, more abundant because it's like what we were saying before, yes, and. Yes, I can generate this money and- I can do certain things with it and invest it so that I'm, you know, doubling and tripling it. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. And this is like, these are the conversations I'm also having with my husband at the moment. And it it is a new way of thinking and it doesn't just suddenly click overnight, mm-hmm. but I don't feel, and that's why I'm glad we're talking about this. I don't feel we're taught about this enough, especially as women. And that I think the reason that we hold back, or at least one of the big reasons we hold back from feeling safe, even stepping into this idea is that it feels really out of our league mm-hmm. or scary or confusing. So mm-hmm. how can we support more women and understanding that they do have that flexibility and potential for more freedom within their money? Well, you just hit hit on it that we're raised to be concerned with our appearance. We're taught that our currency is how we look. And so any conversations of math, investing numbers, we're given the message in general, I'm making generalities that, oh, don't worry your pretty little head about it. Um, And so then when women do get money, it's like, oh, well, what does your dad or your brother or your uncle or your husband have to say about that? Um, What should you do with it? And we're not taught what to do with it. And here's the great news is that while only 2% of assets managed are female owned, this is why I'm out to smash this. 2%? 2% of all assets managed are female and women own less than 20% of all the real estate in the world. Okay. And so this is why this is such an important conversation that, however, Women who are investors outperform men 
statistically research shows that we're actually better at it than men. And so we have to create these kinds of conversations in rooms where we, where women can get into it. So it's like, this is not over your head. You actually are probably better than whatever guy you're listening to about this. And I'm really out to, I talked Scott Hyatt, my husband into, I'm like, let me take this intellectual property with um, investing in commercial real estate. And I created something called Women Invested, which is all about like how to do this because women are not included in these conversations. And it's all that programming that we've been raised with. And, And it all comes, we started with the body when we're worried about that, like that our job is to look as good as possible and good meaning small, skinny, then we're not worried about, oh, maybe I could buy that building. Yeah. What would that feel like? Yeah. And we're also rewiring and I know it's changing for some of the younger generations, but I had to really release the belief as well that my security and my safety comes from a man as as much as consciously, I knew that wasn't the life that I wanted subconsciously. Well, if that's what I witnessed growing up, then this is what I'm kind of attaching. So why would I really dive into all of the things that I could do with my potential money and, and investments and feeling a lack of safety and security in me being the one to make those decisions. And that's something I'm still working on. And I'll put my hands up and say that, but at least we're having the conversation. So to somebody who thinks, I don't even know where to begin with this, like this idea of, oh my God, I could own properties or this could 10X my investments. Like how can we handhold that woman (laughs) for a moment and say, Mm. or at least shine a light on what is at least available to her? Well, here's the great news. I think most most women think I don't have enough money. It's yeah. too complicated. Yeah. It's too late for me kind of thing. And and the great news is is there are so many strategies out there where you can pull your money together with others or you really don't need as much money as you think. Mm. Um you just need to know how to identify, you know, what's a good deal or a good property. And I have all kinds of resources, free resources if women want to check out womeninvested.com. In terms of the investing side of my business, I am more than happy to answer questions and there's like a free training on there. And if they want to check out free resources just in getting the life that you want, loving the skin you're in, that is susanhyatt.co. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much, Susan. I know that you have another interview to get to, but this is just so valuable, at least to open the door for women on what is at least possible for them when it comes to stopping shrinking themselves and expanding themselves. If you had one message on your heart for the woman that's listening, just like a heartfelt, please, like you've got this, what would that be for her? <laughs> I would say, your best life and your best work is still ahead of you. Mm. 100%. And there are many women like you and me out here ready to put our hands on your backs, to put wind behind you. Do not go to sleep on your life. 
Mm, Absolutely. And find the examples of women who are out there doing it so that you can see what is available to you. And don't be afraid to ask for help because what I love and what I'm seeing, I'm surrounded by this, is women who are learning this stuff and who are discovering these aspects of life want to pull up all of the women with them. We want to rise together. So Surround yourself with that tribe. Go to your retreats, Susan's retreats. Come like enter our vortexes and be around those women and and surround yourself with the possibilities that are available to you. Thank you so much, Susan. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.